Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free, free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio show. And Empowered Love Radio is now being broadcast live across the Speak Up and Talk Radio network and you can listen to their shows by going to speakuptalkradio.com So this week's radio show and blog article is called Healing from Narcissistic Abuse Coming Home to Our Bodies And this week I put up a post on Facebook wanting to know what you'd like me to write about and there were some really wonderful suggestions Thank you so much everybody who put up a topic that you'd like me to talk about And I'm definitely going to be using quite a few of those in future articles. There were some awesome suggestions. And one that stuck out was this request. And this is what this lady wrote. How to start really connecting with our bodies, the relationship between our bodies, our higher self and our egos, connecting with our bodies and going through our bodies really is key. What does all of this mean? So, you know, I've recently been talking a lot about how to get in, getting into our bodies, how it is key. And now I think it's really time to focus on this as a deep dive into this topic. And I really want to start this off by taking you on a journey of throughout the ages. And no matter what your beliefs, just keep an open mind while we do this. So this is about ancient body wisdom connection. A long, long time ago, people were in their bodies. They knew how to feel their emotions, which are their instincts. They worked in with nature, cycles and seasons, and they would eat, sleep and make love and have ceremonies and rhythm with life itself. Interestingly, many of these ancient societies had incredible spiritual wisdom. They had celestial knowledge without telescopes, and they also had intensive natural healing abilities. The last few thousand years, we've been programmed to believe these people are pagan, heathen, and even savages. Those who were connected to the earth, nature, and natural healing were seen as conspiring with Satan by the Roman Catholic Church, And major witch hunts were staged in Western European countries in 1450, leading to torture and executions, and these continued throughout other parts of the world. By 1500, these exterminations accelerated in numbers in Britain, France and Germany, and they spread to other parts of the world as well as most of Europe. Many countries did not cease execution of witches, as they were called, till the late 1700s. South American churches did not stop executions until the 1830s. So people learnt very quickly that it was not safe to be connected to your inner rhythms, to nature, healing, the earth or midwifery. Witches, as they were called, were scapegoated for death during childbirth, crops failing, natural disasters and sickness or disease. Witchcraft was punishable by death. So people steered away from connections to nature, which is an an organic aspect of ourselves, and learnt to be compliant and start to worship an outer deity. 
Who was taught as wrathful and punishing if not complied to? The orientation to life became based on fear and survival. As time went by on our planet, we moved away from barter and the community pooling of resources into monetary and industrial systems where people started working for others rather than tilling their own land or participating in communities together for the common good. And the working conditions were terrible during the Industrial Revolution. Employers could set wages as low as they wanted because people were willing to do any work as long as they got paid. Pay was atrocious. Women received one-third or sometimes one-half the pay that men received. Children received even less. Owners who were only concerned with making a profit were satisfied because labour costed less. As a result, people were getting even more disconnected from themselves because of needing to survive. Many people worked insane hours and in shocking conditions to just put food on the table. These were the DNA beliefs of our forebears. The emotional trauma of life is tough, I have to fight to survive, and life is punishing, unsafe and unjust. Our forebears wanted it to be different for their children. But is it? Even though our conditions are better, how many of us are still living in self-disconnect, in fear and survival programs? The truth is far too many of us. This disconnected model then continues with the encouragement of consumerism. I need that in order to feel worthy and whole. And all of this was passed off as normal, healthy and representing progress for mankind. I promise you these are not the models that advanced societies would choose. An advanced, evolved society would never sacrifice their levels of consciousness or spiritual development for technology or for the benefits of a few at the cost of slavery to many. An evolved society would never tolerate the greater part of the world living in poverty and half the world's population being threatened with day-to-day survival as a result of not having basic survival needs met. Something has gone terribly wrong that has affected the collective consciousness in very damaging ways. So let's have a look at how we have been programmed into getting and doing rather than being. Because of being unplugged from our connection to ourselves, we've been easily trained into a model of getting and doing. The trying to secure something from outside of self in order to feel at peace within oneself. It's a recipe for emotional disaster. And it's also a recipe to be controlled with any number of quick fix solutions. When we are not self-partnered, we live out emotional addictions and obsessions. These are compulsive attachments to emotional states that are egoic, behaviors or people, in order to try to distract us from the emotional pain of being disconnected from ourselves. These states could be trying to be perfect, to feel whole, being obsessive compulsive with certain things we do such as work, study, socializing, shopping, gambling, exercising, Facebook, eating or trying to medicate ourselves with people who are messed up so that we don't have to face our own inner disconnection. Narcissists are actually the ultimate disconnected person. The problem with false substitutes is that they can capsize or spring leaks In fact, sooner or later, they always do. The things and the people that we try to self-medicate with will always be a match for the level of how much we are self-avoiding our own self-partnering. And these choices are generally unhealthy. And even the choices we make that are healthy can only ever be temporary states, situations and people. Even if they are healthy, our desperate attachment is not. And here's why. Every state, thing or person is not forever and could exit your reality at any time. When we try to hold states, things and people, which are out of commodities, responsible as our connection to ourselves, we're in a really precarious position. Because at any time, our fragile inner identity, which is based on props, could come crashing down. 
And this doesn't even mean having to lose this outer prop. Fearing losing it is bad enough. Sadly, this is how most people live. Disconnected from self and fearing the quality or consistency of false substitutes and believing that that is their life. So let's have a look at the true commodity, which is emotional peace. When we're stuck in our egos and we're not self-partnered, we don't value emotional peace. In fact, we need drama to give us a survival reason to keep living. Without fights and battles outside of ourselves, we would only be left, heaven forbid, with ourselves, which have been trained to believe is the last place that we should be going. And I promise you, it's not until you start getting well that you realize this normal you were living was grossly unnatural and intensely self-damaging. Emotional health is about self-partnering, prizing emotional peace and wholeness over everything and deeply realizing all that stuff and people you chased was to try to feel safe and whole. Yet the answer was never in them. It was inside you all along. But until you turn inwards and face and deal with the wounds and beliefs that have kept you disconnected from yourself and been generating intense PTSD, you will never know this. We also need to understand this. Emotional peace has nothing to do with life and others and what they've delivered you. It's to do with your own state of consciousness. Some people, no matter how many millions and riches they have, are never satisfied. Some people with hardly anything are incredibly happy. Someone with perfect health and their whole life ahead of them could be completely miserable. Yet someone on their deathbed, even with their life cut short, could have total peace. Someone who suffered a horrendous abuse and used their breakdown experience as the most powerful breakthrough process to self-partner and liberate themselves could be gloriously happy and expanded. Someone who suffers the same level of abuse could be stuck in their wounds, still terminally disconnected from themselves and stuck in victim mode, and their life just keeps getting worse and worse. So please understand your emotional reality is no more than how you are integrated with yourself or how you are disintegrated with yourself. And that's exactly what disintegration means. You're not integrated. The reason why any of us wanted anything was to try to feel content and at peace, not realizing it had nothing to do with getting or doing. It is always to do with coming home to self-partnering and addressing our own state of consciousness. And because humankind was disconnected from this truth, they have viciously tried to grasp, fight, compete, secure, murder, cling, obsess, fixate, control, manipulate, play martyr, give to get, plead, beg, run the victim story. And try to make unmakeable deals work when everything is screaming otherwise. All because they're trying to make impermanent states permanent and are terrified of losing something or someone that they've been convinced is necessary in order to have a safe, solid, sane identity. All because we were disconnected from ourselves. So what happens when we're not self-partnered? As I've already hinted, and this following what I'm just about to say is a really big truth to understand. If you are not self-partnered, you have post-traumatic stress disorder. You do. And this has nothing to do with whether or not you have been quote-unquote abused. And the interesting thing is when a narcissist comes into our life pretending to be Every solution to make you whole, protect you and take your anxiety away and then delivers the exact opposite, which is more of the already existing PTSD. We think the PTSD is new. No, it's not. It's merely accentuated. It was already there. 
because what the narcissist has done is rip open every insecurity frailty and fear you have about survival security not being good enough and not being worthy of being loved the narcissist sensed these gaps and attacked them with laser-like intensity now we can blame the narcissist for, narcissist for that if we want to stay a victim and continue to have an incredibly disconnected emotionally turbulent and painful life or we can see our higher purpose and realize that the narcissist was a powerful reflector coming into our life to reflect our wounds back to us so that we could finally turn inwards enough to love and heal ourselves and become connected to ourselves when we are not in our bodies and not connected to ourselves we generally don't know we are disconnected because it's been our normal after our all our parents were more than likely like that their parents were like that and so on and so forth which was all of those dna ancestry fears of survival and pain and crisis consciousness no one taught the value of coming home to ourselves and our bodies rather than our parents guiding us with sit with your bad feelings take your attention lovingly with full self-devotion inside your body ask yourself what this is really about and heal yourself they would have been more likely to tell you don't dwell on it get up and do something else because that is what they were trained to do have emotional pain ignore it and get on with it did people in survival have the luxury of being with themselves no they didn't but now we do have the time to be with ourselves so let's just take the human programmed lampshades off our heads and look at this squarely would we ignore a smoke alarm going off do we ignore our cars when they start making strange clunking noises only at our own peril do we ignore our pet that starts limping and whimpering will we push away our own five-year-old child who came up to us screaming in genuine terror and nastily say go away watching tv talking on the phone eating chocolate cake or going to see this abusive person is much more important than you you are irrelevant no of course we wouldn't do any of those things unless we had really serious issues so why why do we treat our own inner beings with such neglect and disregard and then when wonder why we've ended up so sick and gravitated into relationships with other people who mirror this identical treatment ironically the very people we try to force to partner healthily with us despite their inability and zero desire to and despite us having no intention of emotionally partnering with ourselves yet despite our numerous self-avoidance strategies such as keeping busy sleeping numbing out with food cigarettes alcohol company sex facebook work whatever it takes our emotional wounds don't go away they fester they get bigger and they scream louder for our attention and then when they get so bad that we're flattened with chronic depression we may turn to medication to shut the painful emotions and feelings of despair up and we hope to hell that works but are we ever sorting out our emotions are we dealing with them do we realize that just like the smoke alarm the clunking engine the whimpering pet and the screaming child that the negative emotions are a signal a cry for help to turn toward and not run away from something that requires attention oh boy have you ever made the connection like i did why other people used to desert me in my time of emotional need look at what i was an expert of doing to myself can you see the correlation conveniently we weren't told that coming inside to meet our wounds was necessary it was convenient because it meant that we could be controlled if we weren't self-partnered it meant that we were disintegrating instead of integrating with ourselves 
then we were more powerless, not as effective, more easily distracted with addictive distractions, more easily sold drugs and quick fixes, such as the latest shiny ego-satisfying product that might just be the magic outer pill to take away the pain. And our inner identities were so disconnected that they fell for it. As a result, we got further and further away from our self-connection. We lost essential faith and trust in ourselves. We were told we were soiled and carnal and that our own devices were untrustworthy and unwholesome. So why on earth would we trust our own inner navigation system? Of course, we had to check in with outer authorities and go along with them without question, regardless of whether or not their messages and choices for our life was right for us. We lost touch with our God within, the authority that would always let us know through our body, emotionally, whether or not something was loving and expansive or fearful and not a soul truth. Our focus on the outer world rather than our own inner being meant we tried to fit in with everyone outside of ourselves in order to survive because they were the authority of our life. All of us had gut feelings during our time with the narcissist that things weren't right, yet we logically rationalized it away. No one had taught us, other disconnected role models, that as soon as we come up with logical excuses to talk ourselves out of persistent gut feelings that we are in serious trouble. In our justifications and our second guessing, we ignored our inner wisdom and instead tried to play it safe, trying to appease, placate and give people what they wanted so they would not hurt us and would hopefully love us, protect us and grant us the goodies. The codependent model of, if I just give you more this time, you will love and look after me. And when that didn't work, some people took the other option to survive, the narcissistic strategy. If I control you and have the upper hand, you will never be able to hurt me again. Both of these sadly normal states are the total symptoms of being disconnected from self. It's no accident that disconnected people bump into disconnected people and give birth to families of disconnected people and play out life and love scenarios with them. These states don't work. The codependent finds that the person they are granting everything to only supplies them with more of the fears of emptiness, loneliness, not being acceptable and never being good enough, and the narcissist controlling another person to the point of their annihilation finds that this person can no longer grant them the narcissistic supply to feed the false self, and they need to discard them and go through the process all over again, leading again to his, her worst fear of being unlovable and unacceptable where self-deception after self-deception has to be constructed to keep self-avoiding the horror of facing self. Both of these states lead to nowhere other than the living hell with the only solution ever being self-partnering to stop the self-defeating, self-destructive cycles. The only solution is to stop manically trying to work out every other human entity in our experience because all along all we had to do was come home, heal and be ourselves and generate life from a sane, healthy, solid place. That is only possible if we deal with only one person, the only person we can ever deal with, ourselves. Our psychology model also hasn't helped. It's a codependent model with a very low success rate because unless work is done directly on the cause of all of the issues, self-disconnection, there is no way that methods to try to deal with the symptoms, PTSD, abusive relationships, severe anxiety and depression are resolved. There are some great therapists, absolutely. And these are the people who understand to create a shift in the brain, you need to create a shift in the body, in the subconscious. Which means you have to get people in their body and self-partnered to have any hope of them healing their trauma. Some of the conversations I've had with psychologists is about how they are so convinced people don't want to feel and recognize in a wounding. 
I've had some of the worst ever personal sessions with therapists trying to work on them that insist that they will not go inwards and will only deal with the issues cognitively. And I refuse to work with them on this level because I know healing can't happen at this level. I don't believe personally that people refuse to meet their inner wounding because I know 100% that when people are sick of the pain, they turn inwards. I also know shortly after doing so, they experience profound relief as a result of finally self-partnering. I'd love to share with you a message that was posted yesterday in the private Facebook webinar group that brought me and others tears of absolute joy. And this post was from a woman who tried so many things and she'd done years of therapy and she'd had a terror of meeting her inner wounds who in one week via being shown and educated about coming home into her own body and after being led to her self-partnering lovingly had this shift. And this is what she said. The healing experience truly had a profound effect on me. I started crying when we got to the small younger child laying on the ground with the blocks and the wounds. I felt it and I saw it and connected deeply with the emotional charge and within that timeless space and the eternal now, a shift definitely occurred. My biggest fear of doing this inner work has always been going in and reliving the horrors of the abuse from my childhood, but it wasn't like that at all. It was a very beautiful experience, similar to that of the birthing of a child. Bless you and bless your work, Miss Melanie. It is truly healing at its finest. Many thanks. And this was another lady's experience in the same webinar, which was the latest webinar that I did. And this is what she said. The notion of seeing and connecting with my inner little girl and loving, protecting and helping her heal was profound. I felt a level of self-love I quite frankly don't ever recall having. I, envis I envision that little girl clinging to my hand everywhere I go and imagine holding and hugging her tightly as I'm seated. I cannot wait to dig in to more and watch my little girl grow and flourish. So truly now these women will start healing, profoundly healing in a way they were never able to access before. Because if we are not self-partnered point blank, our healing is impossible. We are always going to be precariously poised on outer fixes. And that is what I love about my healing model because it teaches people how to come home to themselves and how to be their own healing source. Until we have that ability, we are always dependent and we are never free. And we're never safe. We are never fully with the one person we need to be with more than anyone else, ourselves. So let's have a look at the false beliefs that are keeping us separated from ourselves. In our egoic world of survival of the fittest, judgment, competition, lack and struggle, we thought this, don't be vulnerable, don't be wounded or you'll be rejected, abandoned, punished or attacked. So we didn't go inwards. We shunned our painful emotions away and we put on a mask. Then we met other people with masks. We'd already trained ourselves to be inauthentic so we told people what they wanted to hear we played the games, we ignored our inner guidance and intuition, we were taught it was wrong anyway. And then when that didn't work, we used righteousness and judgment and played the victim. We said, I would never behave like that. No, you probably would never purposefully lie to people, ignore their crying out to you for decency and love and continue to hurt them horrifically. That is other people, but you were certainly doing it to yourself. And you didn't realize how the system of life operates at the quantum, which is the real level. People who hurt you are treating you identically to how you treat yourself. So again, we're left with only one solution. Come home to ourselves. Stop running from the painful emotions. Stop running away from the dragon. Walk into the cave with love and purpose and face the dragon. Stop letting your shadows run your life by screaming out their pain to you and not going toward it. This is your young unhealed parts. This is the child within who needs your attention hugely. What do children do when they're ignored? They get out of control. They act out. They will do everything they can do to get your attention. 
And that is why life gets worse and worse because your inner being has to up the ante to try to get your attention. What would happen to a child if you screamed shut up and kept ignoring a child in distress? That child would become pathological. By the time we get to being narcissistically abused, our inner child has become pathological. The projection of this disowned, disconnected pathology is what our shadow is drawing to us from life itself. Every person you encounter who is impactful shows you how well or not you are treating and partnered with yourself. We may call this evil when that person is abusive, but is it really? Is this an evil act or is it a necessary divine intervention sending a message to come home to ourselves? I passionately believe it is the latter. Every abuser can only hook you and hurt you via your gaps when you are not self-partnered and healthy. The parts of you that are fragile and seeking an outer source to fulfill them. When we look for false substitutes, we end up connecting with false selves, period. Meaning either unhealthy codependents or narcissists. Other disconnected, non-self-partnered people. So again, we're left with the same one and only solution. Come home. That person is only a symptom of not being self-partnered. If that person had not showed up on your own disconnected trajectory of life, another would have had to fill their place. So some of you listening to this will be feeling relief because you're realizing that there is a way out. That if we have unconsciously been the generative force of this reality that hurts, it means that we do have the power to change it to a new one. Not by trying to scream out about them, but as a result of coming home to where the real work needs to be done within ourselves. We have no power, ability or even right to change others. The only responsibility and ability we have for change is ourselves. So those of you that are feeling intense distaste and self-triggers revulsion and even the urge to attack me in regard to this information. You're still stuck in painful programmed illusions that prevent self-partnering. The defense is of, there's nothing wrong with me. I was the one that was abused. The abuser is the one with the issues, not me. And that's okay. Because if you're determined to hang on to the victim model, you just haven't had enough of the pain yet. And I really suggest that you have a read of my uh, article, which was two articles ago, which is the victim, the five illusions of victimhood. Have a read of that. Okay, so let's have a look at this section, which is the fear of our inner wounds. Yes, absolutely. If you carry the self-judgmental beliefs of anything less than perfect is not acceptable and I can't stand myself being defective. And if you subscribe to the unrelenting, vengeful wrath of the role models we were taught to believe in, of course you're going to treat yourself with horrendous conditions and self-damning thoughts and feelings. And maybe you were taught that self-reflecting and being with yourself emotionally was wrong or even selfish. Maybe you're plagued with incredible guilt at the thought of self-partnering. Beliefs are powerful. And if you were programmed in your, child with, your childhood with, I have to forgo all my needs and tend to others to try to be loved and safe, absolutely you're going to balk at coming internally home. Worse still, you may have had the religious abuse of believing that connecting with yourself is evil. Interestingly, there was a woman on my Facebook page just recently who stated that everyone who wants to focus on being with themselves is satanic and narcissistic. And she uh, attacked myself and another person until she was blocked. Now, she runs a narcissistic recovery group and it's so interesting how she really doesn't understand narcissists at all. They are the last people on the planet who are with their inner being self-partnered. Narcissists are totally not self-partnered. Hence their voracious neediness and sucking the outside world dry to try to emotionally sustain themselves. 
So how ridiculous, considering if we're not right with ourselves, clearly we're not going to treat other people healthily. We will hold them responsible and try and force them to change to make ourselves feel better. We'll employ conditional love wherever we go. We will take offence easily and be continually triggered by people not supplying us with what we think they should. And we will generate and accept unhealthy behaviour. Because after all, isn't that just more of the same we already feel and operate within? If you accept any of these program beliefs, why would you go inside in times of emotional pain? Why would you want to spend any time with yourself alone? Of course, you had no option other than to self-avoid, not realizing that every person who, who hurts you is a representation of the disowned part of yourself that you're trying to run from. The parts of you that have been relentlessly meeting you outside of you to get your attention. So again, there is only one solution. Turn inwards and meet yourself. Drop the horrendous conditioned beliefs that it is wrong to go within or that you can somehow shame, criticize, punish, hate and humiliate yourself into being healthy. Does that work for children? Does that work for anyone? Or does that just make people sicker? If you face the truthful answer, you know you need to stop doing it and that you need to walk into the cave and walk up to the dragon. Your inner child may have become a dragon. He or she is huffing and puffing and bellowing. Come here. What do I have to do to get you to love me, accept me, help me, hold me and be there for me? What do I have to do to get your attention and get you to come here? That's what all of this is about. That is your fully blown PTSD. It's not what happened to you. It's your disconnection from yourself. That is your manic grasping onto abusers, assigning false sources as your inner child solution instead of becoming that yourself, which is only causing you to disintegrate further as your inner being becomes more and more traumatized and destroyed. So again, the solution is come inside. Stop running around everywhere trying to get away from yourself when you are just meeting these wounds everywhere. The total path of the martyr victim is the fully blown evidence of that. The being persecuted by the narcissist, others, minions, the legal system, everything really. Not realizing that when we self-integrate, that life no longer needs to bring the evidence of self-disconnection. So how do we create the body connection? This section is about how we connect in our body, which I'm sure you really want to understand. I'm going to give you the exact answer. This is how the process begins. Stop trying to use your mind to work out emotional pain. Emotional pain's the signal. Stop trying to logically work it out because that only keeps you disconnected and it only adds to the pain. Think about your life when you are severely triggered and your logical mind starts obsession and beating you up. Now you understand why you've been doing everything to try to avoid being triggered and feeling your pain. Because it's your mind that's been destroying you. Also stop thinking that you should be avoiding your triggers. In other words, stop trying to take your mind off them without a self-medications. Instead, bless and accept your triggers that are always granting you the ability to track a painful trauma in your body back to its origin, origin and release it and replace it with a healthier belief and state. Because that is how you evolve yourself. That is how you change your life from the inside out beyond description. That is exactly how I resurrected my life and continue to expand it exponentially and have helped thousands of other people thrive also. It is this exact exercise doubled up with the process of quantum freedom healing. So this is an exercise that I granted 
the latest three keys secret Facebook webinar group. I gave them this exercise last week before they did the webinar this week. And this is a self-partnering exercise. Step number one, go to a quiet space with yourself and a journal where you will not be disturbed. And then step number two, close your eyes, open your heart up and breathe and take your attention inside yourself. Step number three is ask yourself where the painful trigger is in your body. Where do you feel it? Maybe in your heart or in your solar plexus, anywhere at all. It may be so big you feel it everywhere under your skin. And then the next step, step number four, is you ask yourself, how old is this part of me? Fully understanding that the way you've been emotionally turning up is not a mature, healthy adult. It has to do with young, vulnerable, unhealed wounds. And I promise you that this was true for all of us. And this is what the adult abusers are reflecting at us today. What we still haven't healed, it's our unfinished childhood business. So step number five is you need to let your subconscious tell you the answer. It will be a feeling, a flash in your mind. It's a message from your gut. It is not a logical deduction at all. You've got to listen to your intuition, to your body, to your subconscious, which knows everything. And then you ask, what is this about, sweetheart? Really tap in and allow your young wounded part to reveal to you the fear and the pain and all the events that created this wound. And this is where you have to trust and allow and don't judge what comes up. Trust it because this is how your subconscious, which knows everything about you, connects with you. And you really have to do this with love and devotion. Otherwise, your inner child is not going to trust you. Your inner child is saying, well, here's the key to your healing, but I'm not handing it to you until you love me. And why should it? Like any child. And then as you're tapping into that information, as you're allowing your body to bring it up for you, you be fully present lovingly as what as you write what this is all about. Don't judge or feel repulsion or turn away. Radiate love and hold the space for your inner being to feel held and supported. And step number eight is to pledge to your inner being that you are never leaving again and declare with all the love that you can muster that you are going to help your inner being heal and develop and that the greatest mission now is to create this essential integrative relationship with your inner child, which means with yourself. So they're the steps. And I promise you, <coughs> excuse me, that by doing this, you will start, <coughs> you will start to get relief because your inner being will start relaxing and stop panicking as a result of knowing finally that you have showed up. So the people in the webinar Facebook group who engaged in this practice started feeling incredible peace and relief even before they had the super tool shiftability that they experienced in the webinar with Quantum Freedom Healing. Relief came because of connecting to themselves with love, even before they were taught the process to reprogram and shift their subconscious. The profound relief was because the screams of panic and fear from inside them, the inner emotional wounds started to subside, saying, thank God, finally you are here. As a result, there was an immediate shift back toward health, sanity, clarity, and regaining power back as a result of turning inwards 180 degrees. And getting to the only true solution there is, which is coming home to ourselves. So I urge you to do this exercise too. That's why I provided it. But it must be done with love and openness in your heart and the total commitment to be fully present and love yourself in the process. You need to stop giving power to the self-destructive beliefs that have harmed you. Now, I really want to answer some of the questions that people have asked on my Facebook page this week about the body connection. So this was what one lady wrote. 
The hard thing is connecting to self when you're in a moment of anger or frustration or pain because I'm used to going into my head first and that is where I lose my power. So my answer to that is this. We have to completely retrain ourselves not to go into our head. It doesn't work. It never has. We need to detach from the outer world in an event, be alone, go inside and find and work on the trigger. Not only is that the true solution, it also means that when we successfully up-level that trigger, life does not have to keep supplying that wound to us to get our attention to meet it. So another lady wrote this. I often feel like I am observing the world around me as though I am dreaming it rather than being an active participant. And my memory is poor. I live down a rabbit hole for so long, I think I'm in a movie sometimes. I know a lot of people will relate to this. I relate to that. She described that perfectly. I used to feel like that as well. So my answer is, this is what disassociation feels like. Brought about by the disconnection to ourself, the ways we get sick, the ways we've tried to numb out and the ways we've been controlled by others. When we start self-partnering and healing, all of that reverses and heals. We start experiencing a connection to ourselves and then life and others and a joy of living that we were never capable of before self-partnering. So in short, all of that reverses. And then another lady wrote this, some triggers bring on disassociated feelings. I'm sure it boils down to it's my choice to stay there where I feel so separate from self. I find it hard to trust myself to protect myself from harm when I'm not able to get away from triggers in enough time before they wake up old traumas. Going through a disassociation state now, not pleasant, but I'm resting and pampering myself slowly working through it. So my answer to this is the real solution is not about trying to protect yourself from triggers. That, you know, might give you some short-term um, clemency, but long-term it equals how to lose because it's about fully facing the triggers. And then you will not have to keep unconsciously going back to them to try to awaken you to heal your unconscious parts. What we resist persists. We think that trying to run from our triggers will save us. In stark contrast, our unhealed parts will keep driving us back to exactly what and who is harming us until we face and heal the true origin of our triggers. So can you understand why you keep going back and why you aren't protecting yourself now? That's right. You know, our being will keep us in the game no matter what it takes, until we heal the origin of the word. So, and I hope that's a light bulb moment for many of you, because it's 100% true. So, this lady wrote, I've been so conditioned to keep the peace and do and say what keeps another happy, that now I don't really know myself. I'm still on autopilot, how to connect with me. And my answer to that was face what hurts emotionally about all of what you just wrote. Track it through your body and be with those parts of yourself. If you want super tool ways of healing your subconscious, please come into my next webinar so that you can experience quantum freedom healing. And that way you will experience how to do direct and powerful shifts after you track the emotions back. So... And there'll be details for people listening to this too, details on the blog about how you can come into a webinar with me and experience that. So the next one was, I want to understand, and these were great questions. I want to understand, number one, the steps to heal the brain and from the stress hormones addiction. Number two. The steps to heal. Actually, I'm going to answer these one at a time. My answer's back. So again, number one was, number one, the steps to heal the brain and from the stress home hormones addiction. So my answer to number one is, when you shift the subconscious programs in your body, your brain neurons immediately shift to reflect that change. It's not the brain you want to heal. 
It's the beliefs in the body because the brain follows the body always. Trying to change the brain without working in the body never works. It's like putting a cart in front of a horse. So number two was the steps to heal the neurological injuries and physiological damages that occurred during the time of narcissistic abuse trauma. Okay, and this is the same as number one. When the beliefs shift, everything about the trauma and the damage begins to heal and resets to well-being, which is true self-function. And it will be an organic well-being that is a far improvement on your state even before abuse. So number three was signs that show that the addiction has been healed. And my answer to that is you won't be addicted. You will not have obsession, emotional hooks and pulls. You will simply have space, peace and excitement regarding creating your life. You will know that you feel the best you ever have because you're self-partnered and no longer assigning outer sources precariously as your source of self. And the only thoughts that you will have about the end will be complete indifference and that incredible gratitude that this person was the healing agent in your life that led you back to the necessity to partner yourself. And number four is this. How not to fall back again into the peptide addiction. And my answer to that is you're only in peptide addiction when you try to use your mind to sort out emotional wounding. Every time you come into your body instead and track the emotional trigger to its source in order to up-level yourself, you're breaking the cycle of addiction to peptides. Once you have awareness of peptide addiction, peptide addiction is more a choice than a state. If you're mentally trying to heal your subconscious rather than meeting emotions internally, you are, emo- you are automatically creating nasty peptides that are entering your cells and addicting you to negative emotional states. The more you up-level through your body, the less intensity of the triggers and piece by piece by piece you break the cycle at all levels of the cycle. But naturally, it takes a full dedication forever to stop trying to deal with emotional wounds with anything less than self-partnering because it simply doesn't work. Okay, so I hope that has helped that lady a lot. They're really good questions. Okay, so the next lady wrote this. I still refer to my body as a separate entity. I've noticed through muscle testing during life in the modules, so this lady is working with the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, that I trust the wisdom of my body and I always agree, and it always agrees with my intuitive inner voice. Do we naturally connect with our bodies as we integrate ourselves? Is trying to connect with it all that doing and striving just the ego driving me? How about the trapped energy that we release that's blocking conjoining right, but our egos block it as well. There seems to be blocks and resistance to conjoining on all four levels, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. It's fascinating how it all works together. When we talk about self-care, it seems like the care towards our form. When we talk about self-love, it seems more emotional and mental. It seems like the body is a gateway of sorts to our higher being source and the internal parent. We need to go through it. I know I used to live in my head, which was ego. I go through my body to heal my wounds, which means through the emotional pain, but also we bring our awareness to the physical body part where the energy is trapped. Okay, so my answer to that, I really wanted to include this in. And the reason I included this in because, you know, I really want to point out that this is a common case of totally overthinking all of this. And we can easily do that because, and what that means is we're still trying to mentally work it all out. And it's really not that complex because this equals how to lose in this self-partnering game. And our head is so, so clever at this. Our ego, our mental constructs, trying to get answers, trying to compartmentalize, that's a hard word to say, formulate and control. So as I said to this lady, I would seriously target in your body, in my head wanting control everything. Seriously, pick it up in your body, track and find the origins of that need because it will be something like, the the, uh, the the belief system, the original offending belief system will be something like, 
my head wants to control everything. You know, if I don't get it right, I'm going to be punished. It's it's going to be stuff like that. So, you need there's an original trauma there and there's always an original trauma. If we can't just... Because we really want to get to the part where it's just a beingness. We're not working anything out. We're just... Because the healing process is this simple, I promise you, despite how much our head wants to overcomplicate. All we have to do, this is it, is this simple. Feel the negative state in our body. No matter what that negative state is, keep it really literal. If it's confusion, it's confusion. If it's wanting to know everything, it's wanting to know everything. Any anxiety, trauma or feelings of fearfully not knowing anything. Track it through to its origin and then bring in the source replacement with the quantum freedom healing process. And then rather than needing to know everything, you're just going to start feeling great, free, expanded and wise in the knowing that you don't need to know. The goal is to be not in control of your life consciously, rather in the total knowing and anchored faith that a bigger and higher force which is your higher self, your super conscious, the God element has your life perfectly in hand, nurtured, flourished and nourished by you. That's the state we seek. And that state is we relinquish needing to know and we simply up level one wound at a time. And I promise you that was really big for me in my journey because I used to be a previous overanalyzer that suffered every day analysis paralysis, crisis consciousness, having to think I needed to know everything. And when we get there, when we get past all of that, the obsessing goes and the space and the peace just is. That's our true self state. We don't want to have to dissect this to bits. We just want to be. So then another lady wrote, I'm really hoping for reconnecting with your body for dummies. God love her. That's very cute. LOL. Only recently I realized just how disconnected I've been coincidentally while listening to one of the Thriver shows where she spoke on the topic. I had no idea and it was a major breakthrough for me. Most of us had no idea, I can assure you. I think it might be useful to list some of the signs of being fractured for those who don't realize they are in that place. Also, some 101 ways of anchoring simple baby steps. I've been practicing yoga for 10 years and still struggle with how to use it properly for this purpose. I read somewhere nature is a good place to start like walks and I've been trying that but would love more ideas. So my answer to that was, I truly believe that through my own journey of massive disassociation, when I only realized that I was out of my body when I started to come into my body, that the reason we're not in our body is because it is so clogged up with trauma that we can't be in it. Why would we set up camp in a war zone? So we feel the constant need to escape ourselves. And things like meditation and yoga and nature can give us a bridge to tolerate being with ourselves for a little while. But after these processes finish, We'll live with ourselves, wounds and all again. Even generally just being for a moment without obsessing and doing something as a distraction means we feel the uncomfortableness of what is going on inside us. Before quantum freedom healing, I'd tried everything. Every meditation and connecting to self technique I could find. I'd been on that path for decades. What I found now is a result of targeting and releasing wounds out of my body and bringing in the source replacements, which is my true self, to replace where the wounds were, is this, that there is nowhere else now to be but in my body. I'm just there, and it's wonderful. And the reason I'm there is because I found the way to enter my body purposefully to meet my wounds and release them and up-level them, and that's exactly what quantum freedom healing does. And now, because of that inner work, I'm just in my body. And it's crazy, really, because one may say, I'm stuck in my inner world, but it's actually not like that at all. Being in our body connected to ourselves is a natural, organic state. We don't have to force. 
when we're free of enough inner wounding. And I've never been more genuinely connected to people and life and nature and yoga and everything I do. I've never been more present as a result of being anchored in my body. These days, it takes a very unusual event to throw me out of my body. And if that happens, I come back in, find the false beliefs and wounds that were triggered. I out-level again with quantum freedom healing. And then I get even more up-level, evolved and anchored back home in my body. So I hope that helps you understand. That was such a revelation for me, I can assure you. So the next lady wrote this, I've been healing and going through the steps and working with a therapist for almost a year now. I look back and I see so many things I've changed and learned about myself. I've also learned about things I still need to change and one of them is exactly this topic. I love how people are really catching on that they've got to get in their bodies. I really love that. I don't know how to take care of my body in this scenario. In the past, when I've been embroiled in my codependent attitudes of changing myself so that I can be appreciated and loved, I've always had something or someone to motivate the care, push me to work out, push me to take care of myself. Now that I'm completely on my own, and I do mean completely, I procrastinate and I motivate myself more than ever. I'm looking forward to learning how to change things for me and how to tune into what my body is trying to tell me. So my answer to that, my answer to this is exactly the process and the exercise I shared in this article. If we don't drop inside ourselves to our negative emotions and connect with them, we are totally trying to guess what's up with ourselves. Staying in our logical mind, disconnected from ourselves, is like looking at a closed car bonnet and trying to guess what is wrong with the engine. That is why you don't know what the wounds are that are blocking your connection to yourself or how to up-level and heal them because you're not in contact with them. Does that make sense? So and then the last one was this. I get very anxious in crowds. I've been referring to the feeling as claustrophobic. I bet it's related to this topic and something I'll heal from now that I can, when I can identify the relationship. Okay, so... My answer is absolutely all nervous system disorders such as complicated post-traumatic stress disorder, agoraphobia, social anxiety, etc. are about not feeling safe in our body. And the reason we don't feel safe in our body, regardless of what happened to us, is because we're not as yet self-partnered. When you come home and self-partner, the fears will melt away. Absolutely, they always do. So... All right, so as I wrap up this article and radio show, I want you to understand this more than anything. Narcissistic abuse is the biggest opportunity and necessity to self-partner I think we could ever have because life can no longer go on as normal. Our wounds are screaming so hard they have our full attention. Everything in our outer world is generally blown up beyond repair all the props, people and things that we thought were going to give us relief from inner emptiness and fears are gone, which leaves us only with ourselves. Or if we're not yet at that level of breakdown and we continue to cling to the narcissist or and our own victimhood, we are certainly heading for it. And that is apt. That is meant to happen because our soul has an agenda. Stop living life disconnected and come home to who you really are. And that is has to happen through your body which means you have to partner with your emotions which means you need to bring your attention inside of you if we want to come home to our connection to ourselves others life and our higher power it is through our body that access does not happen in your mind it happens within your body your heart and your soul which are all synonyms for your emotional connection to all that is. Your mind is not your being. It is only an idea, a concept. It is not an embodied knowing. So therefore, these questions are very relevant. Do you spend time alone? Do you connect to the infinite wisdom of your inner being? Do you love and accept yourself with all of your issues and wounds with the full devotion to midwife your own breakdowns, no matter how small or big, to their appropriate breakthroughs? And this one, 
Are you committed to partner yourself and love yourself more fully, completely and devotedly than any other human being ever has? If not, you are not yet in your body self-partnered and you're not home yet, which means you will seek out a substitute who will not provide you with your self-partnering. Rather, they are set up in this holographic quantum reality to remind you of all the ways that you are not yet self-partnered and loving yourself. Now, even though as a result of this radio show, you may get it, you're hearing these words and they're resonating as truth. If you are not yet in your body, your mind will want a logical way, a logical formula. And this is an experience thing. It's not a logical thing. For it to be a logical thing would be like saying you're going to lose 20 pounds before you start gym and healthy eating. You can't experience consciousness until you start working on it. And you can't get a shift in your brain knowing it until you've done the shift in your body first. And this is why this is initially a leap of faith. Most people start pursuing the path of self-partnering when they've run out of every option outside of themselves to get relief. Narcissistic abuse is such a time. It is, in my opinion, the ultimate wake-up call. Through the experience of narcissistic abuse, we discover the full brunt of the price of being disconnected from ourselves. And of course, we didn't know it. But through this, we do. We find out that the beliefs that we are a victim, that life is random and that we can fix other people and their behaviors in order to change our life don't work. This is our awakening, all for the purpose of coming home to ourselves and discovering that love is all there is and it has to start at home. So self-partnering is the entire premise of my healing model to get you into your body and self-partnered in order to break free from abuse and become healthier than you have ever been in your entire life. So to learn more about this and experience it for yourself, you can join me in my next free three-hour teleclass. And this next webinar has just been released. And you can find the details on the blog where this article is, and that's blog.melanietoniaevans.com. Or you can go directly there, which is www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar. And you can sign up there. And as always, I'm going to look forward with great joy to answering your comments and your questions on the blog when that comes out. So that's it for me, everybody. And until next week, lots of love and bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 